Thank you, Josh Hader. Thank you, Luis Urias. The Milwaukee Brewers, hang on. It got a little dicey at the Great American Ballpark last night in Cincinnati. Brewers win 5-4, to four, and you would think to yourself, hey, 5-1 to one, going into the eighth inning, we got this, no problem. You know, nothing too crazy. The dramatic's not really there. And then Devin Williams said, you know what? I really want to make you guys bite your nails down all the way to your first knuckled. Devin Williams comes in uh, with the airbender himself and immediately gives up three runs in two-thirds of inning uh, of work. And then it would uh, be Luis uh, Perdomo, uh, Perdomo coming in and the glove of Luis Urias saving the Brewers for what would have been an embarrassment against the Reds. Rowdy. What the hell is going on with Devin Williams last night? My God. Oh, by the way, Josh Hader, 500 career strikeouts. Here, Hank. Yeah, Devin Williams, the airbender, more like the ball thrower. <laughs> Throw, what did you say in the, in the uh, group chat? Throw strikes. I mean, that's all. it's a very simple game when you throw strikes. And look at the success that Devin Williams has had when he can throw strikes. Yeah. And then there's last night where he can't find the strike zone at all. And you know who did find the strike zone? Our guy Josh Hader in the ninth. He did. It just took him a batter. <laughs> yep. And then strikeout, strikeout. He gets 500. Brewers win. Absolutely electric, incredible. And Freddie Peralta, what, struck out uh, season high eight? And he got his second win of the season for fastball Freddie. Or I guess last night the Brewers called him strikeout Freddie. Uh, Rowdy, we're looking at this game last night. How about the web gem? Not only did Christian Yelich have one earlier in the game in the outfield, but Luis Arias. You got to tip the hat to that guy. Oh, my God, flashing the leather. Yeah, I mean, come Luis Arias saved Craig Council's ass last night. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, the Cincinnati Reds have the bases loaded. They have two outs. Colin Moran coming up. Tyler Naquin after him. Both lefties, right? Mm-hmm. Josh Hader was available in the bullpen, correct? Yes. Like, he did come into the game in the ninth inning. Yeah. I don't know why Craig Council wasn't, he, why he was effing around and not going right to <laughs> Hader for the kill shot to end it right there. I mean, what was the point of being bringing in him, Luis Perdomo, who made his second appearance and I literally he was on the team and literally has never been in that situation before? I forgot that he was even in the bullpen, especially the not in the big leagues. But I guess now you've burned Perdomo, so they'll say, oh, he warmed up yesterday. He came in and pitched. Oh, me, we might want to question not, so, not even using him today. I mean, Josh Hader won't even – Josh Hader, the idea, the thought of him coming in for the final out in the eighth inning, it, Craig Council would never let it happen, right? I mean, we saw it last night. He wouldn't – the bubble wrap is the only comes off for the ninth. Like I, like, I don't get it. I don't get it either. So who's been the best reliever three out of the last four years by voters? Josh Hader. And you could say since 2018 has been the probably the most dominant reliever in baseball. Jo- yeah, Josh Hader. And he was going to come in for the ninth. Why were you messing around with anything <laughs> but Josh Hader? I don't know. Maybe it's because it's the Reds. You even had two lefties. You even had two lefties coming up. Obviously, he's a left-handed pitcher. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it, Rowdy. I, I don't get the babying of Josh Hader, but Luis Arias bailed out Craig Council. Luis Arias, what? But a I flash guarantee letter. you, there's going to be people that tweet in and call in defending Craig Council and the moves he makes to the end of the earth. They did get a win, though, Rowdy. So I guess you could say the moves that he did make did it get a little dicey? Yes, but at the end of the day, they got a, a win. A W in the win column. They were up five to one, and in my opinion, got lucky to win the game. Yeah, they were. Uh, it was getting a little dicey there with Devin Williams on the mound. 
I want to play this, though, right away to start the show. The flashing of leather from Luis Arias, absolutely incredible. But Perdomo, a strike away from getting out of it. The pitch. A little flare. Diving catch made by Arias near the bag at second base. Oh, Luis Arias coming up with a huge catch. Diving to his left and catching it just before it hit the dirt. So, Rowdy, I mean, that was like a, I don't even know how he got that. That was a sprawl out, just like Superman. I don't even know how he did it. It was like some kind of freak out there, a superhero. Um, if that were to get by him, Brewers lose that game. What, two runs get in? Because there's a runner At on second. At least two runs. There's a runner on second There's and third. two outs as well. Two outs, a runner on third, runner on second. And if Luis Arias doesn't stretch out for that and just flash insane leather, Brewers are looking egg on their face probably again over the MLB worst Cincinnati Reds. And that was a game, so when you're playing to win b- baseball series, right, mm-hmm. you had already dropped game one in a, in a tough game where the Reds basically just outplayed you. Yep. Your bullpen didn't look good down the stretch. You needed that game. Big. Because big now time. you go into a, a morning first pitch of 11.35 a.m. Hell yeah. Where you have Gutierrez on the mound for the Reds and obviously for the, the Milwaukee Brewers, you have Adrian Hauser. That's Gutierrez has the Brewers been, annihilate him yeah, last week. Well, I mean, look at his record. Look at his ERA. Yeah. He's got an ERA just south of nine, and he's zero and five. Pretty much anyone that he's faced has obliterated him. But like, what I'm getting at is, you had that that game. You were up five to one. You had Josh Hader available. Easily could have came in and closed the game, shut it down right there in the eighth inning. No one's sweating, right? Yep. They don't score three runs. You didn't. You farted around with Perdomo. <laughs> you allowed Devin Williams to continue to walk batters. Yeah, All of a sudden, it's, it's five to five to four. You're probably going to go out there today, and in my opinion, beat up on the Reds. Like my know. prediction going so. into into this this morning's first pitch, it's pain. I'm going to go like eight to one Brewers. I think they come out and just shell them. But you needed to win that game to basically Dang. win the series yeah. and, and to give yourself the ability to win the series today. Rowdy, I, I just didn't get why you were trying to be so pretty. Is this your is this your prediction then? For the fight, man. Prediction? Yes, prediction. Pain. Is that the prediction for today at 11.35? Well, that's, that's the prediction every time Gutierrez has stepped on the mound so far this year. Pain. He's 0-5, his ERA is what, 9? He's 0-5 with an ERA of 8.86. Ooh, ooh, that is, uh, yeah. Yeah, and the last time, I don't think he made it three innings last week when the Brewers teed off on him. Or maybe it was th- maybe he didn't make it four. I don't think he made it three innings uh, last week when the Brewers absolutely teed off on him. So, yeah, 11.35, we got ourselves a first pitch today. A very, a morning affair. So I wanted to play this um, 500 career strikeouts. Gutierrez's best appearance this year. He went four and a third innings and gave up two runs. And that was his first start of the season. <laughs> well, should he even be in the majors? Isn't didn't, what were we talking about last week? Isn't he a triple A guy just called up because it's the Reds? Well, he's a borderline guy, but at the same time, the Reds haven't been very good this year. And the Reds are going with a lot of younger players. I mean, they have three rookies in the rotation, Kind of like what the Brewers did in, what was that, 2019? Except for the the Milwaukee Brewers rotation in 2019 were three rookies. Well, not technically not rookies, but three guys that had never been in the rotation before. Yeah. These are three true rookies that probably shouldn't even be in the big league. So this, 
what the Brewers did, we thought was a little bit wild and out, outside of the box, like hoping to strike fire, right? Yep. This is even a further stretch, and that didn't work out very well for the Brewers, did it? It did not, Robbie. Corbin Burns got bounced all the way back down to double A. Double A. And went to the per- pitching lab. Freddie Peralta was not very good either. And Brandon Woodruff was Brandon Woodruff. The good version of Brandon Woodruff. These are three guys that are even less experienced. And mm. should be at a should be at an even because like you could argue all three of those guys for the Brewers that season were major league caliber arms. Oh yeah, most definitely they're but, just kind of figuring things on the fly. A yeah, bit. you had Corbin Burns who looked really good the year before out of the bullpen. You had Freddie Peralta that had pitched out of the bullpen. What did he come and, out of the bullpen to? Woody was a starter. Oh, was he? He, well, oh, eight, eighteen, he was both. Okay, I was missing eighteen then out of the bullpen. But yeah, those guys had experience in the big leagues. Like Hunter Green, he's thrown right into the fire. <laughs> yeah, um, he's like, hey, I know you can throw hundred miles per hour, but good luck, dude. And he's like 21. Yeah. Like, have at it. like you think about it. The guy still has like four years until you even start to think, oh, he's in his mid twenties now. <laughs> yeah. You're a flamethrower. It's just, you could more or less be a flamethrower in triple a, but Hey, here you go. Here's the majors. Have good luck, kid. And Gutierrez, how old is Gutierrez? Well, he's from Cuba. So is he, is he mid? He's not, he's not one of the rookies, but he's I mean, he's a guy that hasn't been around for very long. Yeah. Uh, all right, someone who has been around for seemingly a while and just keeps getting better and better. He's 26. 26? Okay. Yeah, I was going to guess like mid-20s. All right, someone who's been around seemingly for a while now, and each year he continues to get better and better, it seems, and he's the age of 28 years old. That would be Josh Hader, the Milwaukee Brewers flamethrower that only gets the bubble wrap removed in the ninth inning. Josh Hader last night, after uh, getting a little bit to get going, Josh Hader throws two strikes, or two strikeouts, excuse me, and that gives him his 500th for his career. Take a listen to uh, the radio side of things here of Josh Hader getting it done. And the one-two pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out with a fastball at 99. And Josh Hader with his 500th career strikeout gets his 12th save of the season. And the Brewers win this one by a final score of 5-4. to four. So there's your final out. Josh Hader, 12 save in as many chances, and that was his 500th career strikeout. According to the Brewers, Rowdy, only one pitcher in Major League Baseball history has reached the milestone faster than Josh Hader. If you know, you know. If not, if you don't know, would you mind taking a guess on who it is? In Brewers history? Only, no, Major League Baseball history. Only one pitcher has reached uh, 500 strikeouts faster than Josh Hader. Are we talking relief pitchers or starters? Relief. I'm going to go with Trevor Hoffman. Araldis Chapman. Yeah. I it mean, makes it sense. Was, He's a flamethrower. Yeah, that dude. What, what Can he hit like 10? He, he, he hit 103, 104. Yeah, that dude. Back is, in his uh, day. Is that what the. How does, he was with the Reds. Was he was he Reds, then Yankees, Cubs, Yankees? Yep. Is that how that went? Yeah, yep. Araldis Chapman. Also, there's some nefarious activities with his uh, outs off of the uh, the field. But yes, Araldis Chapman, the only other player to reach that milestone faster than Josh Hader. Well, I mean, just look at last night with uh, Hader. I think he was facing, it was towards the end of the game, obviously. I think it was Brandon Drury, where he threw one up and in to Drury, who still somewhat swung at the pitch, and it was 97. Yeah. And that's a lefty coming into a righty. You know Wild. he had he had some velo- he had some extra velocity to him last night. You talked about hitting ninety nine on that pitch. You specifically ninety seven. Yeah. He had a little bit of extra last night. The haterade. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, Josh Hader is absolutely 
the the progression of his career, Rowdy, is so hilarious. And we, we've talked about this a few times already this season when everyone wanted to be, uh, what was that, a starting pitcher? Remember, what was that, 20, was that 2018? 2017. 2017. Everyone wanted Josh Hader to be a starting pitcher, and now we can't even get him out for one out in the eighth inning when it's needed. It's only ninth. That's it for Josh Hader. Um, Josh Hader on the... I mean, you could say this, right? He's on the cheap for the Milwaukee Brewers. If Josh Hader were not to be in arbitration and be in the open market, Rowdy? He's probably commanding close to $20 million. Right now, he's currently being paid 11 And he's got one more year of arbitration, which if he continues to pitch the way he's pitching, he'll probably make somewhere between 14 maybe $15 million next season. Wow. And uh, I don't know if the scuttlebutt was. like I was hearing something from some people in the know saying that like he was like a lot of the pitchers were being unhappy in Milwaukee with like, the lack of money they were getting. Well, that's just arbitration, right? Like there's, that's just the Brewers playing the game, right, Rowdy? Like, what do you, that, what that's are you exactly do? what the Brewers are doing, and that's why you had this lockout this year with some of those guys fighting for shorter arbitration and or bigger pots of money for arbitration uh, eligible players. Yeah. All right. So we'll get more into the Brewers today. Also got to get, yeah. If you're the Milwaukee Brewers and you're Milwaukee Brewer fans, you love arbitration because you get to keep these guys for longer oh, you love it. on a cheaper or on the cheap. Cause you're not the Dodgers or Yankees who are going to throw a hundred of millions of dollars at them. But if you're a player, obviously you're quite upset because you're losing <laughs> out on money. a lot of money. Like if I'm Josh Hader, I have, I'm the best reliever in the game for, every freaking year that, you know, I'm here besides when Devin Williams took it in 2020. If I'm Josh Hader, I'm like, dude, I just got 500 career strikeouts. Only Araldis Chapman has been faster to that milestone. I have my 12th save and t- as many chances. Uh, I was once on pace earlier this season for, what was it, 88 saves? <laughs> I mean, if you're Josh Hader, it's like, I want my money, dude. Well, here's the thing. That's arbitration. That's how Major League Baseball set up with what was bargained for. Someone who is cold as ice, and I'm not talking foreigner, uh, would be Drew Holiday for the Milwaukee Bucks. Plank. He's uh, Drew Holiday, if he's not going to be an NBA player, maybe he could be a Mason. And because there's a lot of bricks being thrown up here from Drew Holiday. In the series so far, he is shooting 31 of 92. 92 attempts, 31 makes for Drew Holiday. So if you're a professional athlete at this level, before I play his comment, boys, if you're the likes of a Drew Holiday who is definitely going through a little cold patch here, mm-hmm. do you shoot through it? What do you do if you're in the situation in the shoes of Drew Holiday? You kind of have to, right? Because Chris Middleton's Shoot on hot to get hot? Yeah. Shoot, sh- Craig, shoot a lot to get hot? Away. What do you, I mean, what do you do? What, the only thing you can do is keep being confident and shooting the ball, correct? Like It's not like you're going to start clamming up and passing up shots, are you? Um, no. Rowdy? I will say maybe lay off driving to the hoop where you get to the hoop and then you're right there and then don't know exactly what to do and you miss blow the layup. I would say pass the ball a couple times. It's like uh, what was the old Bo Ryan adage for the Wisconsin Badgers in the swing offense? You got to pass the ball like five times, five times before you can hit a shot. It's the same offense they used in Hoosiers. <laughs> well, here's Drew Holiday. He's uh, talking. All, he's not going to change his approach. Take a listen. Missing a lot that I usually make. Um, still confident. Still going to take the shots and I mean that's all I really can do I'm not going to be passive or, or submissive just be confident and, and try to look at it go through the room not going to pass up any shots man and I guess if you are at that kind of stage at that level you can't because if your no. confidence starts wavering then you're going to be mentally you're give yourself apt. the yips remember the yips I do the yips
Uh, Wesley Matthews, here's a guy that shot the ball well. It was very sparse, though, last game. He's talking about the series tonight, game five in Boston. 100%. This is this was game four, so the eighth time now that the Milwaukee Bucks have played against the Boston Celtics. I don't think there's going to be too many ripples that we haven't seen. So, yeah, it's going to come down to who wants it, who's going to sacrifice their body more, who's going to play together more, longer, and uh, who's going to – Who's going to take care of business when it's time to? Uh, Wesley Matthews also talks about they always knew this would be a fight between the South. You no, know, it's going to be a hard fought game. It's going to be a hard fought series. We knew that going into the series. We knew that when we took game one. We knew that when we went up 2 1. Uh, it's going to be a battle. We expect that. And we just got to be better. We won every quarter but one. And that was the most important one. So take the good with it, uh, learn from the bad, and. And move on. And that bad was that fourth quarter, right, boys? What did the Boston Celtics score? 43 points, 15 more than the Milwaukee Bucks. Again, we were talking, or I was talking about how the end of the third quarter, I'm like, Bucks got this thing. And then, and then, yeah, the defense was awful in the fourth quarter. (laughs) And then not to mention that Jason Tatum got really hot in the fourth. Al Horford was hot the entire game. Yeah. Uh, Matthews does talk about, uh, no one said it would be easy for him. If it was easy to make the playoffs, every team would be in the playoffs. If it was easy to get to the semis, every team would get to the semis. It's hard. It's hard as hell. It's a lot of work involved, a lot of multiple efforts, sacrificing your body, keeping your mind clear, keeping your mind free, uh, knowing that every possession means a lot, but at the same time, you can't hold your head too high, can't hold your head low at all, and you got to bounce back. I do got to correct him on one thing. If Now, the NBA might have their way one day to have every team make the playoffs. Like That could be a thing. You know, but you not know. everybody can make the semis. Yeah, that's what I was going to correct him on. Not everyone can make the semis because someone's got to lose in the first round for someone to advance to the semis. I understand the sen- <laughs> sentiment. So do I. But just stop it. If it were easy, everybody make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, speaking of tough, Rowdy, uh, the Boston Celtics and Milwaukee Bucks, that's a tough series, tied at two apiece. What, um, is there a worry? Now, it's a best of three series, obviously, because there's, you know, they go to seven. Right now it's tied at four, two apiece, four games. Is there a concern? We've seen the Milwaukee Bucks go into TD Garden game one and absolutely spank the Boston Celtics. And then we've seen the Boston Celtics not spank the butt. Well, they did spank the Bucks at TD Garden. But at the Pfizer form, Rowdy, the second game at the Pfizer, we saw the Boston Celtics completely pull away from the Bucks in the fourth quarter and get a win. What's the concern now for the Milwaukee Bucks as its uh, series shifts back to Boston? Is it just simply Drew Holiday? Has it got to pull it together? Or is it, hey, we need another all-time performance from Giannis Dindacumbo if we want to get by the seas and get to the conference finals? Well, Giannis has to be the constant because if he can play some efficient basketball where all of a sudden he's going off for 30-plus points, he's grabbing you know 15-plus rebounds and, and near that double-digit mark for assists, he's going to keep you in the game, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's that's just a, a known thing where if you get a superstar and he continuously plays well and efficiently, you're going to at least be in the game. Mm-hmm. So Giannis has to be the constant. But, yeah, you need, you need Drew Holiday to really step up. And I've said it. Outside of Bobby Portis in game four there, I feel like the role players on this team have shot the ball relatively well. Now I think George Hill kind of got exposed playing defense, but did I you mean, really it's, it's did George you Hill. really it's, expect George Hill to come George out Hill. there and shut down Jason Tatum? No, it's George Hill. I mean, no. no, I mean Bobby Portis didn't shoot the ball well. That's the only guy in Game Four that you can really think of for the number of shots that they took or were were 
got. Yeah. Everyone else played pretty well except for Drew Holiday. You one Giannis Holiday Portis, whoever it is, doesn't matter. They got to finish at the rim. Yeah. Especially to. when you get when you finally uh, get to the rim and it's right there. You just got to lay it in. You got to make it. Those are huge. Hey, what was the stat you gave me for the game five? Uh, the game five. Whoever wins the game five does what? Yeah. Last night I was watching the Suns Mavs and they kept flashing it up the entire time of what what the odds were in NBA history. Uh, for teams that win game five. And if a team wins game five, they end up winning the best of seven series, a whopping 82% wow. of the time. Wow. And that's over NBA history in, in uh seven game series. That's crazy. So over 80% of the time, if you win game five, 80% of the, over 80% of the time you win the series. But hey, the, the Milwaukee Bucks are a team. They've answered the bell every single game so far this series for where sure. they've needed a win. You could say they, they came in game one TD garden, a game, in which you got to steal at least one of the games in Boston. They came out one game one. Yep. And then to take command of the series in game three, first game of Milwaukee, they came out one game three. Yep. They've answered the bell so far in every single game where you would consider it a, hey, this is a game where you probably should win this one. You, I know you hate the must wins, but they were, there well, were two. The, it's, it's the dumb sports talk. Oh, is tonight a must win? It's the stupidest, lamest topic well, can ever. I, can I uh, describe it this way? They've come out in both games, one and three, and won the games yeah. that would allow them to quote-unquote lead the dance. There you go, lead, lead the dance. And if they got to come out and do it again in game five. Yeah, uh, it's the play- every game in the playoffs is a must win. When you hear people doing the must win topic, it's the laziest Dumbest topic anyone could ever do. No, sh- no crap. It's a must win. It's the effing playoffs. But yes, I like how Ben Kenny twisted. Is tonight a not a you can't lose kind of game? Yes. Uh, but so looking at uh, looking at this, Middleton's still out, obviously with that knee injury. I don't know if Middleton's going to be back in time. If there is even a game seven in the series against the Boston Celtics, apparently he is progressing a little more. Uh, but it's very. What did they say in the broadcast for Game Four? Light contact is what he is doing in practice. Very light contact. And in the series we're watching, there ain't no light contact. That's some heavy hitters uh, when they're allowed to in the series against the Celtics. You can call me crazy, but I still am under the belief that they can win this series without Chris same. Middleton. Oh, yeah, same. So and, and if just a few things have went differently in a couple of, like, game two, the Bucks just got smoked. Yeah, they got smoked. They, they didn't play very well. Boston couldn't miss. Like, that game... Not a chance, but there was definitely a real chance to win game four and take a three, one lead. Yeah. And again, Chris Milton hasn't played at all. I think they can definitely you get by the series. It's going to be tough, obviously without Chris Middleton. Can they win the whole thing without Middleton? We'll see. But you did see at the end of that uh, game, game four, the fourth quarter, Giannis gassed. Everyone was gassed. But that's just the Celtics were, too. That's because how physical the series is. Now, I said at the beginning of the po- of the postseason in the playoffs that um I think that this Bucks team could potentially win an NBA championship without Chris Middleton. I still would would say I, I hold true on they can make it to the NBA Finals because I do think whoever wins between Boston and, and Milwaukee does yeah. eventually make it to the NBA Finals. But I think uh, depending on the matchup, I think they that I would stand by they could still win an NBA Finals. Now, if they match up against like the the Suns or someone like that again, then I'd say, yeah, you're going to need Chris Middleton. Yeah, uh, we'll talk more about it. We have comments coming. Golden up. Golden State's looking real good too. Yeah, and I said that at the beginning of the playoffs that they they coming in that team with with Jordan Poole playing the way he was and getting Steph Curry back. Yeah. That team's dangerous. They are. Uh, let's go to the phones quick. Line one. Good morning. Who's this? Corey. 
Hello? Hello? Oh, here, hey, what's going on? Welcome to the show. You're live on air, baby. Nice. Who's this? It's Brett and LaCroix. Hey, Brett, what's up, man? I heard the blinker. We have a guy, Corey and Marshall, who's got a blinker on, so I thought it was him for a second. You making a left turn right now, Brett? Yeah, I am. I am <laughs> what's I, up, I dude? I definitely am. That's, oh, hey, by the way, no. sorry to interrupt. Uh, it's great to be on, on WKTY in the great city of La Crosse, Wisconsin. We love it. Well, we're we're happy to have you. It's, it's always good to get some new voices every now and then. I love it. Not, not that we didn't love Dave, but uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's always nice. Um, new perspective. How about that? Bring it on in, Brett. Hit me with it. Nice. Well, uh, so here, here's my thought on, on the bucks is if we don't give up a fourth quarter lead by 15 points, then we have a large opportunity to be up three, one, but we also, all we got to do is avoid giving them 25 three-pointers made. I mean, the Celtics scored 43. The Celtics scored 43 points in the fourth quarter. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, insane. Um, 15 more than we did, and we lost by six. So that's wonderful. Um, But, no, I think it came down to one game where they were just on fire, making every three that they shot. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't really do much about it, but they made a good change and they adjusted before game three. Um, so, you know, we went, we won that one, which we luckily won that one at the end. I mean, do you think Al Horford's going to pop off again like he did in game four? I mean, Al Horford turned back the, the hands of time and just uh, possessed. Do you think Horford has it in him again? No. Yeah. As, well, as long as, I don't know. I mean, people get fired up about anything and when you got the defending champs that you're playing you're already going to be fired up because you could send them home yeah um but then if you got Giannis that we weren't really leading at the time I mean we were but not by a lot Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you start mean mugging he always mean mugs so I don't know why he thinks that that fired him up. I know, because Alford's like, that's, yeah. when, that's when the switch was flipped for me, when, yeah. when Giannis looked at me like that. It's like, Giannis does that all the time. Right. Yeah, I mean, he he does that on a single layup. <laughs> so it's not a big deal. No, He'll do not. that in the first quarter to you. I think it's, uh, uh, and we talk about this, uh, Drew Holiday's just got to shoot better. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. Well, he does, but I think it, it comes down to if somebody else could have a, a decent game and step into the shoes that Middleton is left open right now, just somebody like two players have more than decent games or more than average games for them. And we got it. Where's Grayson Allen been? Yeah. Ever since he's been plugged in the starting lineup, he's kind of disappeared with his production. Yeah. Like, let's just make some shots. Let's play some D. Hopefully Lopez gets on fire. That would be cool. Well, here's the thing that, that bugs me. It's like the Celtics get in, do this too, and if they do this all night, I'm fine with it. But if the Bucks do it, I get a little annoyed. It's when they start getting into this one pass and then drive to the rack like Drew Holiday and then misses a shot. It's like you got yeah. you got to run that offense a little more because they look so fresh and so clean. Like, did I just go outcast on you? So fresh and so clean when they're passing that ball around, moving it around, and creating more shots. Once they get down to that one pass and drive, then, it's, then the offense just stutters. Yeah, and it'd be, I mean – Maybe Portis will have a big game tonight. Let's That'll be so. good. Let's hope so. Because he always fires everybody up, so that's always fun to see. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like seeing P.J. Tucker last year. He he was the guy that got everybody all fired up to get to where we got. Need that dog um, mentality, that dog. Yeah. 
But I think I honestly, it can't all be on Giannis. He's going to be, he's consistent every single game, whether it's, Hey, he's making a bunch of blocks or he's got a couple of steals or rebounds are insane. And he only scores 25 points, but he scores 20 of them in the final half or, you know, whatever. Somebody else has to step up and make some shots and we need to get some defense. Yes. Yes. That's it. Or let's just throw freaking Middleton out there. It's about time. (laughs) Hey, he's clear for light contact. I was just doing a little reading, maybe game six, game seven, but I, I, I wouldn't hold your breath. Listen, there shouldn't be that hard of contact when you're shooting behind the arc anyway. Yeah, just just be like that guy that uh, never wanted to play defense. You, you grew up knowing, you know, he just stood by the uh, three point line. He never played defense. He just he just stood there. Just have, have, yeah. have that be Middleton. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's Matt Thomas does it. That's all he does. <laughs> I mean, there's there's no reason there's no reason that Middleton can't just be standing out there just firing out three. I wish that'd be, that'd be interesting. Hey, Brett, good stuff, my brother. And thanks. I think you're our first lacrosse caller, so you get the gold star on the fridge. Well, that's that's good because I think you had one other one in there, like, and you guys said, "Well, let's just hope that's not lacrosse." I'm like, "Oh my god, I got to call." It. We had some we had some new callers this week, but I I think they were in the Madison area. So because I, I asked uh, one of them, he was Madison boy. So uh, I think you are the official first lacrosse caller. If not, you're the first one that said you're from lacrosse. So we appreciate you, brother. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, Evo. You got it. you know the number six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. See you, Brett. See you. See you, buddy. There it is, Rowdy, the mighty WKTY in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Reaching on out. <laughs> Brett's idea, put Middleton there, just have him standing on a three-point line. You did see Middleton uh, shooting around. What was that before game three? Yeah, that was it was when it was still in Boston, and <laughs> he didn't look like he was coming back anytime soon. Yeah. It was literally him staying in one spot, maybe getting to the top of his tippy toes in the jump with an ice bag on his knee, and it didn't look like he wanted to move much more. Yeah, they say uh, Chris Middleton's been going through the light contact, and there is a chance he plays this series, especially game six or seven. Obviously not tonight. He's already out. Uh, with the Bucks season on the line, would you bring back Chris if able? I don't think I would potentially think about bringing him back until a game seven. Because yeah. I would expect, as the Milwaukee Bucks, a reigning champ, the the team that has been there done that they have veteran players obviously you have one of the best players if not the best two-way player in the NBA in Giannis to at least defend home court especially when the rule of thumb is the fact that your bench players your role players should play better at home i would fully expect that you can you can go and hold serve at home in game 6 wouldn't you Yes, I would expect. And then you would be, and then that's if you drop a a game five tonight, you would be anticipating a game seven. Yeah, and the longer this goes, well, obviously, if it goes, the better and more chance of the likelihood that Chris Middleton comes back just because time is the great equalizer. I don't think I'd even consider bringing him back until potentially a game seven. Yeah. Our guy, J.A. Krebs on Twitter, he tweeted at my Twitter account, Ebo says, Jordan, let's see here. Whoever wins tonight, Wins the series. And, Rowdy, that goes back to what you said for that stat. Whoever wins game five, eight, was it 83%? 82% of the time. 82% of the time goes on to win the series. And speaking of the wide receiving room for the Green Bay Packers, it was Ian Rappaport on the Pat McAfee show yesterday saying some very intriguing comments when it comes to who are out there. Now, um, I'll play the comments, and we'll get to it a little bit coming up here uh, just because we're up against the break. Let me play the comments from Ian Rappaport on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. They were talking about Jarvis Landry 
And then the names of Julio Jones and Odell Beckham Jr. came up. So here is Rappaport on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. Take a listen. Rap sheet, speaking of that, do you get the inclination that the Packers are going to be involved with any of these guys? Or are they one of those teams where they're not really going to be able to give a guy $10 million, so they're probably not going to get one of these uh, receivers? I think the Packers are going to be involved in this market. And this is actually a great market for them because let's say you're Jarvis Landry or maybe even better for the Packers. Let's say you're Julio Jones and you're not going to get $15 million. You're probably not going to get $10 million. The Packers would be one of those teams you'd want to join where maybe you make $3 million with some incentives, but you know you got a chance to make the Super Bowl. Like That actually is attractive. So, you know, we got Odell. Uh, who obviously had interest from the Packers last time. You had Julio, who I imagine will get some interest from there. Uh, Landry, who I don't know has gotten interest from the Packers, but all those guys would make sense for Green Bay, who I would say might add another receiver at some point. All right, so there's Ian Rappaport on the Pat McAfee show. See, I got a couple of questions with the three names that he had listed. Jarvis so, Landry, Julio Jones, OBJ. I 100% understand Jarvis Landry. He's still, he's a guy that's 29 years old. Looks like he's got a little bit of gas left in the tank. He's had good years in the past. I get Odell Beckham Jr. if he was healthy, but let's not forget he tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Like, he's not going to be ready. What, at the very earliest, he'll be ready maybe mid-November? Like, that's that's the end stretch of the season anyways. Uh, and then I, I've, this is just me personally with Julio Jones. It's kind of like the AJ green from a couple of years ago. Get off the train, get off the Julio Jones train. <laughs> he's old. He's old. He's injury prone at this point, And he's going to ask for more money than a guy that's younger and can do the exact same thing that he can currently do at this point in his career. That's the AJ. The the current Julio Jones take is the past AJ Green take for me. AJ Green went and signed with the Arizona Cardinals and is just a complete shell of himself. Doesn't look anything close to athletically what he was when he was with the Bengals and he was healthy. The hands, he dropped a lot of passes last year. I... Get off the Julio. I'm off the Julio Jones train. All right. I just put, I'm going to put it up here at our Twitter account at Zone Madison for a Twitter poll. See, I'd be on Odell Beckham's, but the, the knee. It's like you kind of need a receiver at the beginning of the year. You can't just hope and wait that all of a sudden this guy is going to be 100%, Finger and it's already going to be the end of the season. Yeah. I, I don't mind Jarvis Landry, though. Yeah. All right, so uh, this is here. Packer fans, which wide receiver, if any, would you want wearing green and gold? Jarvis Landry, Julio Jones, OBJ, and then I have a fourth option. So did I say other? Other? Or I'm cool with where the room's at. I saw another two guys that I saw featured on there. Other, other. Reply other. below. Was... Uh, Beasley. Oh, give me the bees knees. Beasley and uh, Fuller. But then you have Max like... Fuller. No, his cousin. Oh, Will. Will. Oh, <laughs> you mean the other guy who's done PEDs? <laughs> <laughs> Maxwell Fuller. No, Will Fuller. All right, Packer fans. Which wide receiver, if any, would you want wearing green and gold? Jarvis Landry, Julio Jones, OBJ, or other? And then if you hit other at Zone Madison or Twitter account, reply below. I just tweeted it. It's out. Let's go to the phones quick. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, it's Adam. Good morning, guys. Adam, what's happening, my brother? Oh, just out baking that bread, you know? Well, you got the keys to the bakery, my friend. Make that bread. Yeah. There we go. Last time I looked uh, at the free agent list, but one of the guys 
guys that stuck out to me just on pure speed alone was John Ross. Um, it's going to be along those lines of the the contract they gave Sammy Watkins, and the, you can just run that guy up the seam with a four-two-five speed and see what happens. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, Sammy Watkins, what was his deal? It was like the Packers are on the hook for like a million. It's all incentive-based, if I remember correctly. Yeah, a little. I think it's close to a million and a half bucks. So nice little speedster there, Adam? Right. Speed kills, right? And the guy's never, I mean, who's he had throwing him the ball, you know, Yeah. on top of it. And it kind of reminds me of that that Brewers pitching staff that had Markham and and all those guys on it where they didn't have a one, but they had like four number twos. Yeah. It's kind of the approach you can take with the Packers receivers. And, you know, you still got Aaron Jones to play with out of the backfield to play action game. Get a bunch of fast guys out there and see what happens. I love it, Adam. Out of the three that Adam Schefter, or I'm sorry, Ian Rappaport was talking about, uh, any inclination for Jarvis Landry, Julio Jones, or Odell Beckham Jr. that you would like? Uh, I honestly would go with Jones just on the fact that he has a relationship with LaFleur previously. So if there is some strength still to, to leach out of him, I yeah. think LaFleur is your, your best bet to do that. All right. Adam, good stuff, brother. Nice phone call, my my man. I appreciate it. Hey, stay good, guys. See you, stay homie. Cool out there. Oh, you too. You Bye. too. Stay cool. See you, bud. See you, bud. There it is. Julio Jones, Rowdy, after you saying, I'm done with the Julio. No. See, Julio, Julio, that should have been a deal that was made when Ted Thompson was still the GM, <laughs> when he was tearing the Packers a new one in Atlanta in like the mid 2010s. All right, so go get it up. Uh, vote at Zone Madison, our Twitter account. You could call it in at 608-321-167. I think a lot of Packer like fans would have enjoyed Aaron Rodgers throwing touchdowns to Julio Jones instead of watching Julio Jones carve up Ladarius Gunter. I would have enjoyed Brett Favre throwing passes to Randy Moss. Uh, as would I. Or having Marshawn Lynch in that backfield. All about that action, boss. I would have joined Aaron Rodgers throwing... Uh, if it's and butts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. I would, I would have enjoyed Aaron Rodgers throwing to any wide receiver that was drafted out on the first round. When it comes to the Packers, Ian Rappaport talking on the Pat McAfee show yesterday about how the Packers are going to have some interest in some wide receivers that are out on the market. And that would be the likes of Jarvis Landry, Julio Jones, and Odell Beckham Jr. So I have the poll out at our Twitter account, Zone Madison. Packer fans, which wide receiver, if any, would you want to see wearing the green and gold? This those three options or other. So Jarvis Landry, Julio Jones, Odell, or other. And if it's other, please reply below. All right, now Jarvis Landry leading the way. 43% and Julio and OBJ tied at 15 apiece and other at, or 21 apiece and other at 15%. Uh, Rowdy, you, I think you said, what, uh, Jarvis Landry, the best option all that. Julio Jones is old, Odell older, but coming off an ACL injury and Jarvis Landry, would probably yeah, be the best. I was fit. actually I was linked to a tweet. This was a couple days ago, I think now, and it was by uh, Bo Hoffman, one of the listeners. Yeah, big Bo Hoffman, baby. We love the of, the of the Hoffman clan. But he t- he tagged me in a tweet asking me my opinion on which receiver I would like out of this group because it was another tweet mentioning some of the old veteran receivers that were out there. The ones that were listed were Julio Jones, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., Deshaun Jackson, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, Beasley. Will Fuller, and T.Y. Hilton. Mm -hmm. And I looked at that list and say, like I'm saying, I, I think the Julio Jones is the A.J. Green of a couple years ago. It would have been nice if it would have been done five years prior. How old is he? 33. Currently right now, I just think he's too old and, and honestly just too beat up. Like he's, he's had so many miles on that body. Yeah. 
Now, it's not like when he was on the cover of Madden and tearing it up with, you know, Matt Ryan and the and the Atlanta Falcons anymore. Jarvis Landry's a guy at 29 that you could say wasted away some of his prime years playing with a lesser offensive team at the time in the Cleveland Browns where Baker Mayfield had struggled at times. Yeah. He wasn't healthy at times. And there was only one ball to go around for him, Odell Beckham, and some and of the other Cleveland, receivers. The factory of sadness. Yeah, like he had a he was much more productive in Miami when yes. he was like the main guy. I mean, you go to Cleveland or uh, Detroit to go have your career. Kinda. He's 29. Yeah. He's 29 years old. He still has a year or two left in him uh, of, you know, peak performance. And then there's Odell Beckham. My, I would love Odell Beckham. Yeah, but he's, yeah same. It's, it's just, I don't get how you can get down with a guy coming off of an ACL. He did it in February. Yep. Yep, like in the at, super in the Super Bowl. At, like he at did the it in the Super Bowl. At the earliest, you would expect to get him back in like mid-November. Mm-hmm. That's two and a half months into the season. So, uh, Rowdy, speaking of Jarvis Landry, though, and, and we were talking about the Packers and their salary cap issues and whatever. So, looking at this, Jarvis Landry thought he would be in line for a huge payday from the Cleveland Browns, and then the team released him. And then what happened? He fired his agent. A big deal has not materialized yet for Jarvis Landry. And apparently, from what I was reading, he's been turning down some offers here and there. So the Packers, though, Rowdy, uh, through a little reading here, the Packers have, when it comes to salary cap, $10.6 million in cap space available right now as the top 51 contracts around their books uh, are the only deals counting against the salary cap at this point in the offseason. Now, you also have to think, have all of those draft picks signed yet? They just filled out their 90th. They just filled out the roster yesterday with their 90th guy, Kobe, some undrafted free agent guy I was reading. But I think they still, I don't know if all of them have been signed and I know it's been the, taken out of the cap. Yet. I know the big ones have signed. Um, you know, the Quay, Because I do, I do know Wyatt. the projected cap space for the Green Bay Packers after signing all the draft picks they had. And we know that the Green Bay Packers, and this was a thing even under Ted Thompson yeah. and for a long time, they like to grab and take about five-ish million dollars into the season for in-season moves. There was a projection with the number of picks that they had going into to, into the draft and the extra $5 million where the Packers were basically, once you signed all your draft picks and took five into the season, were basically about maxed out. So I'm um, reading here is what they need to do to get it under a little more is you need Jair to cut, Alexander. Yeah, that's, that was just that's, the, say. that's the one you that extend like, you need to do it. So they say either an extension or a trade to lower his cap hit from $13.3 million his base salary is set to make on his fifth-year option this year. They say getting an extension for Jair would, ex- uh, would free up enough cap space for the team to make low-level additions in season to bring in players. So, yeah, it's well, got to be think, Jair Alexander. I think Jair Alexander signing his extension, depending on how they do it and if they add void years and kind of the stipulations of the contract, they could free up, I think it was anywhere between like seven and nine and a half million dollars yeah. with just that move. And I know we've talked about it in the past. They have a few other moves out there on the table that they could do that. It's kind of nickel and diming, saving a million here, two million there, but it's not a ton. Jair Alexander is the big one that's going to move money. That's going to actually yes. allow you to do something. And they got to extend him. I mean, you're not going to let, you're not going to trade him or something. You got to extend Jair Alexander. Yeah. You can't just let a top five no. corner in the NFL walk, especially in this defense. All right. We'll talk more about it coming up. News of the weird on the way. Let's go to the phones. Line one. Good morning. Who's this? What up, boys? Mitch and Madison. Mitch and Madison in the hizzy. What's up, brother? Dude, just got one real quick thing to say. I've been saying it before. Deshaun Jackson. Bring him in. You <laughs> yeah, you said, that, you said that like two weeks ago. So, Mitch, the rest of that tweet, 
uh, before we started talking post the Odell Beckham uh, ACL, the other guys on that list, Deshaun Jackson, I, that's a name that's been floating around. I know you, like you said, you've been high on him. I, I think he's more even more Julio Jones old and like washed up in my opinion. <laughs> you know, well, here, here's hey, the 35, deal. Rowdy. I, Al Horford's 35. He just had a game for the ages the other night. Why can't Deshaun Jackson at 35? No, so I, I would normally agree with that, but I saw him play when he was with the Rams before he was like, I'm not getting the ball enough. And there were a couple times where he overran, like Stafford couldn't kept, keep up with him on his throws. Yeah. So like I test wise, I think he still has it. I think we could get him for five or cheaper. And that's what we're, you know, the Landry thing doesn't make sense to me because Landry's not a burner. We need somebody who can run fast. Not a, a, a possession guy because that's that's why. I mean, we got a lot of possession Lazard. guys, you know, Lazard. Right, yeah. right. So if if literally it's like, okay, Deshaun, you're going to be in there to just run fly routes, and, and Rodgers will bomb it to you. Hey, you I see mean, this route? It's a straight line. Run fast, right. go. Right. <laughs> I mean, at least, maybe at least bring them in just to see. Uh, but they need something. Well, I think and, they should and, bring in Odell Beckham Jr. just because they need to show him that place where he punched a hole in the drywall a couple of years ago when the Giants lost to the Packers and make him uh, and hopefully they haven't fixed it and make him uh, patch it up with some, you know, some spackle and whatnot. I, I hate that guy. <laughs> Mitch, I love you though, brother. Good stuff. Yes, love you too. Bye. See you, homie. Uh, let's see here. I'll toss you and hold. Line number two. Good morning. Who's this? Nader. Hey, Nader. Nader censored. What? What's up, dude? What's up? <laughs> hey, we're talking about all these washed-up receivers and stuff. I like referring back to one of the greatest washed-up receivers of all time, Andre Dirty Bird Rising. That is a bad moon rising, Nader. Yep, I'm from the Dirty Birds. You know that he – do you ever see that he played with uh, Favre in the 92 season or 91 season with the Falcons? Uh, I mean, Deion the timeline Sanders ends up. On the team. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I guess I've never thought of that. But yeah, the timeline does add up. Yep. They had, Favre was there with. There was a show on the NFL timeline that where Deion Sanders took Favre shopping in 91. And then later on, on the, the Dirty Bird Rise and joined <laughs> with the Packers. It was a perfectly, perfectly good washed up receiver. <laughs> So I mean, Nader, would you want any of these other guys then? The the you know the Odell Beckham's, the Julio Jones, uh, the Jarvis, Emmanuel Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders, T.Y. Hilton, Beasley. Cole Beasley. I would say I'm thinking they're probably not going to take any of them. But in the end, I think if you, if they're going to take one, just pick one, roll the dice, and take one and see if it works. Because what's it's all the same. It's a horse apiece. I'm at this point. I think. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just want them to do a little something more to that wide receiver room because it's a little left to be desired right now. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers, makes, Aaron Rodgers is so good at what he does. I mean, we've always said he makes the wide receiver. That's, that's kind of what I believe too. Like, I love that pick that they took a, a guy from North Dakota State. Yeah, well, Christian. I Watson. think he's gonna, and that's just right up their alley. Is just a product of the system. Comes straight off the conveyor belt of the Green Bay Packer receiver line. Yeah. Bill Schrader would be proud. <laughs> hey, Nader, you're the man, brother. <laughs> All right, later. See you, homie. And speaking of Celtics and talking baseball, uh, Paulie, thanks, thanks for hanging on, brother. Yeah, so no worries. You were talking about um, you know, how rare it was for a no-hitter to be happening in baseball. There was one last night, and Rowdy wanted to talk about this coming up. Uh, Rowdy, who, who got the no-hitter again real quick? Yeah, Reed Detmers, 11th career start. 108 pitches? Correct. His arm didn't fall off, Paulie, after 100 pitches. 
Well, here's the thing, right? Like, and I'm talking about when I first started paying attention to baseball, so sort of like early 80s, mid 80s through the 90s. <clears throat> Nolan Ryan would get one every few years, <clears throat> but you didn't see no hitters like today. Like now, it's it's you might get eight a year. You know what I mean? That that's crazy because just a few, like right in the beginning of the season, there was almost a, a, a combined. It was like I don't know four or five pitchers almost threw a no hitter, and they just happened like with such frequency they're not special anymore it doesn't seem to me like it's still cool but it's like yeah, there was oh, nine of them last year well i think this yeah. is the reason for that paulie it's the fact that the game has changed to swing harder and swing for all the fences instead of maybe with two strikes you're choking up and looking to drive it to the opposite field like the hitting strategy has changed no one cares about strikeouts anymore that's probably the case it's 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 either a strikeout or a home run. So l- real quick, Paulie, listen to this. There was nine of them last year, and then in 2019 there was three. And in 2018 there was three. In 2017 there was one. In 2016 there was one. And in 2015, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them. Yeah, that's just, I mean, I remember in the 80s and into the 90s, there wasn't that many. It might have been a couple years between them. You know, no, yeah, here's, here's the 90s. There was, there was a handful. One, two, three, four, five, six. There was seven in 1990, seven again in 91, and then it gets pretty sparse. One in 92, one in 90, or two in 93, uh, three in 94, one in 95, three in 96, two in 97, one in 98, and then three in 99. And then there was nothing in 2000. Yeah, it just seems like they were so much more special then but but that's what i was getting at with with mentioning ben is that that's why i think the perfect game is the pinnacle you know yeah, i well, just think for sure yeah. but and uh you know uh, have a good show oh. um well, what happens and, tonight celtics bucks Polly, with your celtics well, being at home they could go off and have another big game and 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 not make it close but you know they're I, I honestly think Giannis is getting worn. I mean, well, it's obvious to see. You could see him at the end of the last game. He's getting worn down because he has to do so much. If they keep that kind of pressure on him, it's. I think I still think it's Celtics and six, but we'll, yeah, see. we'll see. Anything, we'll see. anything can happen. Yep, uh, I think wearing the Boston Celtics garb, it was Kevin Garnett saying anything is possible, right? <laughs> and you look at you look at uh, last night. I just want to say that was beautiful seeing the Sixers get their asses handed to them. Oh, they got full pummeled. full power too. You they know what I mean? They pummeled. Can't, they can't use the no Embiid excuse. They got their asses handed to them. Yeah, they did. Paulie, much love, brother. Have a good one, boys. See you. Yeah, the was it the first no hitter last night? Yeah, the first no hitter of the season. Uh, first the, individual no first hitter individual of no the hitter. season. Remember, there was a. Team no oh, hitter. Oh, the, uh, the Mets. The Mets did it uh, against Ben's Phillies. Look at that. All right, so yeah, the fr- Reed Detmers with the first one, and he is a he's a rookie, right, Rowdy? Yeah, it was his 11th career start in the big league, so he was a guy that saw time last year. But yeah, his first full season coming this year. Hilarious, because there's no way in hell Reed Detmers would have had a no-hitter if he pitched for the Brewers. Yeah, do tell. Yeah, 108 pitches. He, for him, right? So, yeah, 11th career start. This is a young guy that a lot of people in the Angels organization are pretty high on. Goes out there, ends the eighth inning with 96 pitches. Mm, council would have been just squirming. In, in a game that they were up big, and you had Anthony Rendon going up to bat, 
hitting left-handed, he's a right-handed hitter Mm -hmm. because at that point the other team was throwing a position player and hitting a home run (laughs) left-handed. He had never had a left-handed at bat at the major league level. He is a right-handed hitter. They were just destroying, and he goes up there almost like a joke and saying, I'm going to hit left-handed. He hit it out. Mike Trout hit it out like 450 feet. <laughs> like they were just they were just destroying the other team. Yeah. Well, Joe Madden, former Cubs manager, a guy that's not afraid to do some wonky things or bring in multiple relievers, leaves them in there. He goes out there, gets the no-hitter, throws 108 pitches. And his arm did not fall off after 100 pitches, believe it or not. The Angels beat the Rays last night 12 to nothing. Mm. It was 12 to nothing when he stepped on the mound in the top of the ninth inning. He was one walk and one error away from a perfect game. Yeah, because there was a quote-unquote hit, but it was an error, right? I mean, it wasn't a hit. It's an error, obviously. Yeah, so that's why, yeah, and that's he, why and he walked the, the no batter. Hitter. That's why he wasn't perfect. Yeah. But yes, a no-hitter. But th- there is a 100% for a fact, I know this guy wouldn't have thrown a no-hitter if that was the same situation where it was Rays versus Brewers. Yeah. I guarantee it. We've saw last year Corbin Burns have an opportunity for a no-hitter. Adrian Hauser had an opportunity for a no-hitter. And, I mean, that was just off the top of your head last year. And and the funniest thing about this is Reed Detmers is a young pitcher. Again, he was making his 11th career start. You're talking about holding back a guy like Corbin Burns who went on and was like, what, one out away from qualifying for the Cy Young vote uh, two seasons ago? Correct. Won the Cy Young last year? Correct. He was 27 years old last year. He's in the prime of his career. Brandon Woodruff last year, he's 28 years (laughs) old. He's in the prime of his career. Adrian Hauser is, I believe, 28 years old. He's in the prime of his career. Every single pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers right now currently and how old they are, you could consider them either about to go into their prime or in their prime, and yet you're still holding those two type of guys back. Well, how about this? How about a guy who was like just kind of out of his prime but still really good at what he does? Clayton Kershaw had a perfect game going rowdy, and he was pulled by Dave Roberts with 80 pitches. Remember that? That just happened not too and long ago this season. That was in April. Yeah, that was just a couple months ago. Uh, it's a unbelievable. Ago. Yeah, I I don't get it. Don't and get even it. like Joe Madden's a guy that's that's known for pulling stunts and doing some funky things and trying different things. He even let the guy go out there. Yeah, I bet you, Council, if he was watching that game, there's no way he there's was no cr- way. he was cringing, just oh, just stewing in it. And and the funniest thing ever is just look at and what I love the you, Brewers Craig. did. Look at what the Brewers did last night. You had bases loaded. Devin Williams could not find the strike zone. Josh Hader was obviously available. He came in and pitched in the ninth. But you are so gung ho on the fact that Josh Hader is only a one inning closer at this point. You didn't even think about bringing him in for a four-out save? No. You didn't even think about it. Right, After he had Colin Moran, who is historically <laughs> with the Pirates, and now I guess you could say in game one of this series with the Reds, has been a Brewer killer. The guy hasn't been very great in his career, but he'll hit home runs against the Brewers. Right, the bubble wrap doesn't come off till the ninth inning, okay, for Josh Hader. Tyler Naquin, another left-hander. You had two left-handers when your setup man couldn't find the strike zone, and last time I checked... Josh Hader throws the ball with his left hand. Yep. 
And he's really good at what he does. And he's been the best reliever in baseball since he was uh, in, since 2018. Devin Williams definitely made it interesting last night. I'll give him that. But Not no, in a good way. No, you let Devin Williams walk Colin Moran so they score a run. And then you allow him to pitch to Tyler Naquin, who, yes, g- hits a double. And all of a sudden it's 5-4. But the... The cherry on top here is that you're still messing around. You don't say, "Hey, let's go get the big gun from let's let's go end this with a no, kill shot." They're gonna, with get Josh the, they're gonna get the pea shooter. Yeah, let's bring in Luis Luis Perdomo, a guy that was making his second appearance, a guy that does not come in in that type of situation. Let's bring out the Red Rider BB gun instead of the hand cannon that is Josh Hader. Where are you rating Luis Perdomo on this Brewers? <laughs> pitching staff or bullpen. He's clearly behind Josh Hader. He's clearly behind Devin Williams. He's clearly behind uh, Brad Boxberger. He's a guy that's a low Trevor Gott's ahead of him right now. He's a low leverage reliever. Nope. Let's bring him in. Luckily, Luis Luis Arias makes a diving play, saves the Brewers and Craig Council. From embarrassment but but I'll still the have to listen to people on social media tell you how, well, it's only the 32nd game of the season. Oh, that game doesn't <laughs> even that. that game doesn't even matter. That doesn't matter. Yeah, but they're the same effing people that'll call in tomorrow and say, well, the Brewers lost uh, to a series to the Reds. That's unacceptable. The Reds are the worst team. Well, they you, had an oppor- you had an opportunity to bring in your big gun last night and secure it when it was 5-1. to one. Mm. It was still a safe situation. Mm. It mm. doesn't make any sense. Rowdy? Preach, then, brother Rowdy. Then they'll say the same thing. It's like, oh, say the Cardinals end up passing the Brewers and, and they end up winning the division by one game. Oh, they should have pitched Nader in the, in the eighth inning with two outs. Oh, I can't believe they blew that and they lost by one game. Yeah, well, you didn't care about game 32 against <laughs> the Reds. Well, I'm curious. The phone line's blowing up. Let's see who was on. Line one, good morning. Who's this? It yep. is Tom. Hey, Tom. What's up, brother? All right. That last that last rant from Rowdy was, was epic. I know. He, he's got some good ones in him, doesn't he? That was a good one from Rowdy. I, I loved it. All right, three points real quick. Yeah. Number one, no hitters. There is no such thing as a combined no hitter. That's a bunch of BS, okay? We don't say that I shot par in a scramble, okay? <laughs> I'm with you, Tom. I love this. Are you Rowdy's spirit animal? Let's, I love this. Let's go. All right, point one. I agree with you. Well, I'm really bad at golf. All right. I'm bad in at golf, Tom. Ball. I'm bad at golf, Tom. So I'll, I'll say I'll shoot par in a scramble, but just because I'm terrible. Yeah, and in high school ball, 10-run rule. You're beating another team by 10 runs. It only goes five innings, and, and they praise the kid for a no-hitter. BS. I call BS. <laughs> it's not a no-hitter. The toughest two innings to pitch are the last two. Ask anybody who's done it. It's, there's a, a number of physical and psychological effects that go on sure. in the last two innings. So BS on that. I love it. And number, number three? three. <laughs> You're not going to like this, but I really want to change the channel. Every time I hear your news clip, and I hear like, Three or four words. Which, which news clip? And then there's a pause. Tell me why that happened. Which, why, do, why, do, why do you guys do oh, that? Oh, it's a system thing. So, oh, like, when our. When are you our talking about the sports the flash or top of the hour, flashes, Tom? Something's messed up with the so, system. Yeah. It's, it's not me. It's not. Uh, so, it's like something in engineering. So, there's a delay. It's, this is going to be some radio jargon for you. There's like a delay. There's a, there's a seven second delay, and something happens in the system that they're working on to fix the kinks of it because we have a new system where, it, like, the delay doesn't kick on fast enough. So, you'll hear, like, that 
little snippet and then the delay happens and it backtracks yeah. and plays. So our engineering is on it. So don't don't Perfect. change the channel, baby. We're, we're on it because it bugs the hell out of us too. Oh gosh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, Thanks stop. for explaining it to everyone. The other one is uh, when you do your sound bites, you know, from Great Rants or whatever. Yeah. Some of those things are quite old and they're repeated and everything. And I mean, they're great and everything, but well, there's somebody's got to have some quality control over, you know, something that happened. Like, like a, like a, like a Mike McCarthy saying, I'm highly successful. <laughs> well, that's one of them, but <laughs> those no, are classic. You, play- you know, those are, you know, there's movies, Tom, are there movies that you always go back and watch? Like for me, it's like major league or maybe like happy Gilmore. No. You don't, you never no, go back I don't and like re-watching re-watching movies. movies. Oh. I don't like re-watching what about songs. Movies? Do you go back and listen to songs you like of years past? All right, you got me on that. One. Okay, All right. so th- those are like timeless clips. Timeless clips, Tom. Just just ride oh, with us. You got we got to ride right. or die with us. The good and the bad and everything in between. All right, thanks. Bye. <laughs> good stuff, Tom. That was a great call by Tom. Uh, a little a little explanation on some of the things that happened. Yes, engineering is on it. And listen, uh, there's movies, there's songs, there's clips that are timeless. Like Brett Hunley saying this. You know, statistically not great. I'll tell you that much. Well, I'll say the other thing since we were talking Mike about McCarthy. brewers and, and things that are timeless. It's timeless for Craig Council to mismanage a bullpen, get bailed out, <laughs> and for people to still sit on their knees and pray to him. <laughs> I like, Tom, you need to have that a, a more of a, a call for you, a more of a thing. We can repeat with you, Tom, the Tom BS meter. Three things. I call BS on this. I call BS on that. And I call BS on that. I love it, Tom. Let's see. I definitely agree with him with his scramble analogy. See, I'm terrible at golf. I agree, but I'm so bad that I need to like feel good about it somehow. Now, the one with the high school kids, eh, I'm a little more lenient with that just because that's the rule. You know, the 10 run rule. I get it. But I get where he's coming from. I'm a little more lenient on that one. Uh, Tom, open up the complaint department right here, too. Uh, I will feel any and all complaints. Usually I tell people who complain to F off, but those are, those are legitimate ones from Tom. I appreciate it, Tom. Like, we got, we're on in lacrosse now from 6 to 9. Someone, we, our music trivia guy, Scotty, like, listen, I don't plan it. He just calls in. He does his thing. He has, he's like the Cal Ripken of the zone. He's never missed a day. This is his life is calling in. Some guy in lacrosse, because we're new in lacrosse, was bitching about Scotty saying, get these idiots off the air. Here's the thing, random dude in lacrosse. No, it's not going to happen. You got to embrace the show for what it is. It's the Wild West, dude. It's the good, the bad, and the ugly, everything in between. You either ride or die. And if you don't like it, then stop listening. Get the hell out. No one's making you listen. Not, that's not to you, Tom. That's the random guy in lacrosse. If Luis Arias does not make that <laughs> diving play last night and the Brewers lose 6-5 to five to the Reds. Great counsel for D-Bag of the Week. No, what are people saying today? Oh, they just lost a series to the Reds? Yeah. How terrible it is? Lost to the Reds? Worst team in baseball? Perdomo will be in AAA in a couple weeks. Yeah. And you had Josh Hader there bubble You had head? Josh Hader available. Yeah. He, they have a day off tomorrow. Yeah. The odds that he would have pitched again today... Probably aren't likely. All right, here, Rowdy, we got a break coming up. We got a relief pitch. We're going to drink some beer. Maybe that'll ease the, ease the pain for you. Are you, in, are you in a cleanse again? Are you you want to have a beer coming up? I do whatever I want. Well, obviously, so do I. So, all right. I'm, <laughs> How about that? All right, Rowdy. I'll do what I want. I'll do what I want. It's my hot body. Do what I want. <laughs>